Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer Podcast. I'm excited today because today is the first full day of spring, and that's really significant to me for a lot of reasons. One of those really huge reasons is it's the top of spring cleaning. And if you have ever followed my blog or my podcast or or anything that I've ever done, you know that I'm very specific about sort of the order of healing, the order of getting your life back on track, whatever it is that you want to accomplish. I really do believe that there is a specific order that things happen in. And it all starts, from my perspective, in getting rid of what doesn't belong. So since we are here now, like I said, at the, at the start of spring and the start of spring cleaning, there really was no better guest to bring on on my show than somebody who is an expert in decluttering, getting rid of the clutter that's in your home that translates to how that impacts the whole of your life. And that is exactly who Allison Kiro is. She is actually in New York, but works via Skype all around the country or the globe, I'm sure for that matter. And her expertise is what I'm really excited to talk to you about because she's got stories and a background on how getting rid of what doesn't belong in your home or in your life, how that really does translate to really amazing things in one's life. So I'm thrilled to have her here to kick off the spring cleaning season. And we're going to dive into her background and how she got here certainly. But Allison, did I get pretty close to what you're doing and kind of where you're at in life? Oh, yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. You know, I really feel like it's not just about setting up a system that's easy for you. It's really about learning how to make choices about what and who is in your life. And that's where the real transformation and the lasting change occurs. So tell us, how in the world does somebody get to become a coach around organizing and decluttering and moving stuff out that doesn't belong? How in the world, unless you started out as a five-year-old doing that in kindergarten class, making sure that the teacher had all the crayons organized, I'm curious how you got to where you are now. Oh, yeah. No, I was not organized when I was a child at all. I had stuff all over my room. You know, there may have been only a clear path so I could get, you know, into the room and into my bed, but the rest of it just had clutter. And that continued through college. And then once I got out on my own, I wanted for my own self to keep things looking nicer. But I also realized that, you know, it was really, I felt like I could have a choice in what I kept and what I didn't because I was on my own. And then I I went into other industries. And finally, about 12 years ago, I decided to go into business by myself. And somebody approached me about organizing. And I just decided, oh, you know, I've been helping other people sort of get organized because I had been an assistant beforehand. And so I just added that to my business. And what I really realized was that I enjoyed it. I found it to be a fun, creative outlet. I loved watching people learn the process and, and do it for themselves and really create great positive changes. And so a couple years ago, I just decided to focus solely on organizing because it really was where my passion was lying. But 
About two years ago, I became very, very ill. And it was about a year ago when I was sort of sitting around going, all right, well, I'm still ill. There's not that many things that have changed, but I do want to do a purge because I always feel better about myself when I purge. And I decided this time to do it in a different way where I was going to go through absolutely everything I had in my home. And I really, for the first time, was going to only keep things I liked, I used, I needed in my home. And I didn't care if I had space to keep other things. It was really, if I don't like it, it's getting out of my home and I'm not going to allow the ego to go, oh, but you should keep it because you spent money on it or maybe you'll fit into it or whatever the excuse always was. It was just, it's now going. And within a week or two, I started noticing a big difference in how I was feeling internally and what I was seeing in my life. And I realized it wasn't just about setting up systems and letting certain stuff go. It was about being aware of what you had and making choices that were for your best and highest good, making love-based decisions, one small decision at a time to choose to get out not only the physical clutter, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual clutter that was also in my life. And once I realized that that's really what organizing is all about, it's about making choices to no longer keep the clutter that is preventing you from achieving the life that you really want to have, and that you can do it by making these small choices at a time of, does this feel good? Does this not feel good? That's where the real transformation comes in, and that's where your empowerment comes back. That's when you start seeing life showing up better, you have more energy, you're more productive, you're sleeping better. Everything looks and feels better because you're making small decisions to create a life free of all the clutter in your life. And it's a wonderful feeling once that starts opening up to you. Okay. So first of all, you have to know I love you because... (laughs) Honestly, this is what's really great for me being the host of this show is then it's just not all about my blog and my perspective. I get to interview people to say, okay, let's do a deep dive here into this because I get it. And I love for other people listening right now to hear it from somebody else's perspective that feels truly the exact same way. So I want to really get very, very specific here. What is it? Let's take one object. And what my coaching for people is when you walk in the front door, the first thing your eye sees, I don't care if it's a picture, if it's a plant, if it's a, you know, a little widget, whatever it is, the first thing that your eyes land on is really going to set the mood the second you walk in the door Mm -hmm. for every other thing you take. And if it's something you hate, that painting that you're obligated to keep that Aunt Zelda gave you, even though Aunt Zelda's never going to come and visit, really sets the tone. To me, it's what you're allowing to accept in the whole rest of your life. Parking that, Tell me from your perspective, when there is something that we are keeping by obligation, whether it's we spend a ton of money or we're going to hurt someone's feelings if we re-gift it, whatever that may be, donate it, whatever. When someone's hanging on to stuff that they know, in your words, isn't for their greatest, highest good, how do you feel that translates to other aspects of their thinking and their life from what you've seen in working with the clients you work with? Well, scientifically speaking, everything is energy. Einstein said that years ago, it holds true. Now, whether you're talking about it being in a physical realm or being in a spiritual realm, it's the exact same thing. 
everything holds energy. So if you have a sweater in your closet that your aunt whom you don't like gave you years ago, that's either guilt, fear, or shame that you're holding on to that's in your closet. Now, if you're holding on to one item, there's a good chance you're holding on to a lot of other items because of guilt, fear, and shame. And you're allowing, that's a choice of yours to allow guilt, fear, and shame to run and rule your life. And you can pretend that you're ignoring it, but that energy is there. So whether you cognizantly look at it and go, oh yeah, that's the sweater that I got from her. And then you feel bad about it, or you just open up the closet and that energy is still coming at you. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. And you're going to be affected by it until you choose to no longer have it in your life. So what have you seen? Give me one story of someone that you've worked with that maybe really struggled in either thinking that there was a translation between the sweater and the picture and their life, right? And maybe pushed back or didn't really get it. But then when they started, and like you said, it starts with one thing that leads to another thing that leads to another thing. What is it that you have seen from the clients you work with that has happened in their life, like a specific story of a before and after to really illustrate what you're talking about? Well, you know, I was working with one person who definitely, she was a hoarder. And so she was holding on to a ton of stuff that was really completely linked to guilt, fear, and shame, including outfits from an abusive ex-boyfriend. And it really wasn't until she started, you know, decluttering and decluttering and decluttering, then things finally started opening up for her. And she actually was even getting to the point where she was able to help her sister, who was also a Porter, start to get rid of her own stuff. But she was also finding things that she really wanted. And she was opening up to life and opportunities that she really would have shut down and shut out of her life before. And it was really great to sort of seeing her dress in nicer outfits with better color. When I first met her, it was really about wearing, you know, drabby things that you wouldn't have even have noticed her on the street because she would have, you know, blended into everything else. All of a sudden she was wearing like a bright orange coat and being not afraid to let other people see her, you know, for the first time in her life, I think she was allowing herself to be seen by other people to let her light shine and to not allow her past to really keep burying her alive. And so the more that she uncovered, she started finding things that she really did like, and she was allowing herself more to get rid of other things. But again, she was being becoming a light for other people to go, wait, I see that and I want to be like her too, you know, in the case of her sister. And that was really great to see that transformation of, I don't need to hide. I don't need to be buried underneath my things. I can make a decision and really start to allow myself to open up and allow opportunities to come in for the first time. So on this notion of everything is all energy, right? And how you do one thing is how you do everything. So once that gets freed up, it really does translate to all other areas. So As we're talking about this, and you're speaking about this one gal and this transformation, so let's move forward. Let's just say somebody's gone through your program, and they've worked with you for a long time, and they really have gotten to a place of all of that clutter, all of that bad stuff is gone. What is a daily practice that you do or that you would suggest for somebody now to maintain it? How do we keep right thinking and right mindset so that we don't, you know, with that slow boil, wind up back in that place again, and then next year having to do spring cleaning and get rid of all the stuff we accumulated over the year all over again? What's a daily practice in mindset to keep things clean and free and clear going forward? 
You know, I ask myself questions all day long. Whenever I see something, whether it's an email or an outfit or an opportunity, I take a moment for myself and I take a look at it and I go, you know, how am I feeling? I check in with myself. How is my body feeling? Is this opportunity or this sweater, do I get that light feeling of, oh, that looks really good to me? Or do I feel heavy and, oh, that looks like a lot of work or, oh, I really can't stand that sweater. And then I'm thinking if it's maybe something like, oh, do I want a piece of chocolate? Where in the short term, I'm like, yay, chocolate sounds great. But then I think, is this for my best and highest good in the long term? You know, like a week later, am I going to feel good about the fact that I ate that chocolate or is that going to be something that's going to cause, you know, some digestive issues or whatever because of there's too much sugar. It's always about me constantly asking myself questions of, is this for my best and highest good? Is this going to come out? Is this the best decision for me to make so that my goals and my dreams and my wishes are going to come true? And if it's a no, do you remember that episode from Seinfeld years ago when the sponge was being discontinued and Elaine went around going, oh, are you sponge worthy? Yes. And that's literally what I do with everything. It's, are you sponge worthy? Are you worthy of my time? Are you worthy of my energy? Are you going to make me healthy and happy? And if the answer is no, and I don't care what it is or who it is, I make sure that I say no, or, you know, I put the lid on it because Especially after going through an illness, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I don't want to feel bad and feel like I can't do anything. And so if it's not for my best good, I'm not going to have any part of it. If it's going to exhaust me or frustrate me or whatever it is, if it's a low-lying energy, I don't go for it. So all day long, it's really about being aware and going, you know, is this worthy of my time? And if it's not, it's a real simple no. And then you refocus to find the things that are worthy of your time. So let's go back. You had referenced in the beginning the illness that you had and then brought it up again. And I have no idea. It's not like if you're listening, we've talked about this ahead of time because we haven't. So we're going to learn this together. Are you implying or do you believe that the reason that you got ill to begin with and the reason that you got better, and maybe not solely, but at least maybe in part of, had to do with where your energy was or energy was stuck, that when you made changes, one, that's maybe how you got to that place is, and I have no idea, but is this also a reason of how you got out to it? As you kind of alluded to before, that once you started getting rid of things that didn't belong, that's when you started to feel your energy free up and things turn around. Because not everybody is of the same like mind that you and I share, that energy is everything and that making changes in our life literally impact not only our health, our finances, everything. So I'm curious with your specific story, what you believe got you ill and how you got out of it. For me, I believe that pretty much every physical illness has a mental, emotional aspect to it. There really just is. And so when you have a more positive frame of mind, things start opening up. But yeah, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. And I believe at least in part, part of it was the decision-making process that I was using beforehand. And it led me to taking a lot of things that now I would not allow into my life. I had a lot of friends who were draining my energy and taking up a lot of my time, but I wasn't being fulfilled fulfilled by them. I was fulfilling what they needed, but I wasn't getting anything back and I felt emotionally drained. I was calling clients into my life who really did not want to take responsibility for their work. And the last client I had before I got really ill, in fact, I worked with her in the beginning of a very serious illness 
she was sabotaging herself and me every step of the way. And so it was one thing after another, and it was exhausting. And this is not a client who I would take on at all nowadays, because I know that there wouldn't be a way for both of us to win in the end, because she didn't want to win. She wanted to have somebody to blame for the process that she had to go through. And if I had had better decision-making skills at that time, there would have been a very, very different outcome into what happened. And so what I had to learn, and that's why I love this organizing process and wanted to start teaching it to other people, was that organizing helps you start making decisions and start making the right ones. And so when you hold something physical in your hands and you can have a relationship with it and you think, yay, I get excited about this and you keep it versus no, I don't get excited about it and you get rid of it. It starts transforming your life. And the more that you get in touch with your internal, yay, I like this versus no, I don't like this. The easier it is for you to start making those love-based decisions. And once I realized that, that there was a correlation between the purging organizational process and the decision-making process, that's when things really started showing up. And that's when I was finally able to find, you know, the right holistic healer who could get me on the road and set me free of the other stuff. Now there had been some other traumas that I had gone through in my life. Like I witnessed September 11th and there was just some real low energies from that, that I was still carrying with me. And so I did need an extra helper, but you know, I wouldn't have met this person or found this person if I didn't have this process of if you start with the tangible and you really learn to get in touch with yourself and what you really want, and then you continue that process with the untangible stuff, that's when life really starts making a difference because it is about every choice that you make is what got you to where you are now. It doesn't matter what else has happened. It's all about your choices. And until you take responsibility for that, there's no way that you can get out of your current situation. And again, it's about making small decisions along the way to get yourself out, whether it's finding the right doctor, eating the right foods, getting the right exercise program, surrounding yourself with kind, loving, supportive people, taking on clients who are ready to take responsibility and change their lives for the better. And you're just there for the guide and the support support, what activities I choose, all of those kind of things. I now go with that same feeling of if there's not a lightness in me, I know that it's not going to serve me well. And so I've walked away from a lot of things where before I would have done it, sucked it up and hated every single moment of it. And it's just not worth my time any longer to drain myself or my energy because I've realized I was no good to me and I was no good to the planet that way. Now, you just touched on something through your story about having someone in your life that was helpful outside of the people who drained and, you know, like spirit vampires suck the life out of you, that on the upswing of turning things around, that there was somebody around who was very helpful. I am in this program are big supporters of mentorship and how important coaches and mentors are in life. Who has been a really significant mentor to you and why was that important to you at the time of your life when you needed it? I have had one client for many, many years. And when I first started working with her, I do something a little bit different with her. I sort of just organize her business, but 
you know, over the years, she had gone through her own kind of health crisis. And then when I went through mine, because of the nature of her work, she works very deeply with the body. She's a rolfer. So she knows, you know, inside and out what's going on. She was the only person who understood what I was going through. The only person who didn't judge me for it. She went and hired her acupuncturist and had me go to appointments and she paid for that. She's the one that found me the doctor who finally diagnosed the illness. And she really just made me feel like I was a human being while all the while showing me very quietly what it looked like and felt like to run a successful holistic business where you can really help people without it draining everything out of you. And she's just been a wonderful friend and a wonderful mentor. And I know without a doubt, I would not be where I am without her because for a long time, she really was the only person in my life who had an understanding of what I was going through and realized that that still made me a human being and not damaged goods. And that was everything to me. And I believe that completely, that the person that we need when we need them always shows up. You have to be open to that, but it is absolutely true. Uh, Speaking of other things that are true, considering we're taping this and you're in New York, did a cat just get run over behind the scenes? Because I don't want people freaking out right now thinking that that a cat either just jumped off the roof and landed on the ground or got run over, because that's what it sounded like. I'm so sorry. I have two male male cats and they're being silly and they went into their silly fight thing about two feet away from me and I was trying to ignore it but (laughs) no no it's good it's what makes this show real and live and it's life and so I just wanted to make sure that a cat didn't die on this program and then I get some kind of really bad hate mail so that would not be good and being an animal activist I had to check no they're just silly all right so moving on past the excitement of the cats in the background I do believe in mentorship and if you are at a place that Allison is talking about on the only people around me are truly just taking the life away from me is to take a step back like she's saying and find somebody or recognize if there is somebody in your sphere that can be helpful. We can't go it alone, right? Well, I mean, I suppose you could try, but it's just a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging and not necessary that we all have somebody at some point or many people that are champion and can help us to see ourselves in a light that in that moment, maybe we don't. So if somebody is listening to all of this conversation and they really do want to work with you, one, I want you to tell people how you work because it's unique and interesting. I think that people, when they think of a feng shui expert or somebody who works with organization or decluttering, they assume that that means you're going to come in with a you know notepad and a checklist and, and that's not exactly the way you work. So I want you to tell people why you work the way you work and how they can get a hold of you if they realize that this being the start of spring cleaning, that they need to really relook at what they're doing and that you might be the person to help them get there. So tell us how you work. Great. Yeah. So I don't work in people's homes anymore because I realized that it wasn't half as effective as it is when you do the process on your own with a support system and a guide. First of all, I would come into somebody's home and in New York, you end up getting treated like you're the higher help. So they weren't going to listen to me as the expert I am. And then you lose half the battle. I mean, nobody wins like that. The other thing is there was so much stuff going on. I felt like they would get really overwhelmed and only maybe about 10% of the information that I'm passing along to them was really sticking in their heads because this is about 
learning a new skill and incorporating them into your life permanently so that you can achieve things that you really want to have in your life. And so when you learn it on your own and you're doing the process with the right support and the right guide, you're much more likely to understand the process, to pick up the skill much more quickly and to be able to incorporate it into all aspects of your life far more than if I went in and just, you know, within one day made this transformation. The other reason is sometimes Doing a transformation that quickly is too difficult for somebody and they'll self-sabotage. I can't tell you how many times I'd go in, work with a client, and within a week it looked just exactly as it did before I came in or sometimes worse. And I don't want people to do that. When you go at your own pace, you're going to be much, much more successful. The other thing is this isn't a cookie cutter one size fits all. Each person comes in with their own blocks. And that's one thing that we work on. Everybody's house looks completely different. Everybody's amount of storage space and closet space is always different. How much stuff they have, how willing and ready they are to let go of the things that don't serve them and they don't like, how quickly they can make a decision. All of these things are different factors on how quickly and easily you can move into learning this system. So I like to work on Skype because then we can have a great conversation. I can intuit what's going on in your life. I have you send photographs of the areas so I can tell you exactly what's going on, what we need to work on. If I need to have you get any products to pick up so that I can help you enhance the organizational process, those kinds of things. But it's really about becoming aware of what you have categorizing everything and then setting up a simple system and then learning how to make those choices one step at a time as in, do I like this or do I not? Do I need this in my life or do I not? And the more times that you repeat it and the more times that you get in touch with your body and how it's feeling, the more easily you can make those decisions, the more quickly better things are going to show up. And then also you stop going back and going, oh, should I have done that? Should I not have done that? The more that you second guess, that's so much negative energy on yourself. And when you make a decision and you make it freely and joyfully, and then you focus on the next thing that you want, it's such a better energy and you feel so much more lighter. So that's really why I like to work with people one-on-one or I can work with a family online as well. And then that way at their own pace, as they're ready, they can get and stay organized. But again, it depends on what's going on in their lives. And then the best way for people to reach me is on through my website. It's www.ackorganizing.com. And not only do I book sessions through there, but I also have some MP3s that I've already created about six of them. And they walk you through what the same information I would give you during a session. They're just set marked at a lower price and you can work on your own stuff on your own time. You can, you know, put it on your iPhone and listen along as you're working. But we basically go over the steps that you need to get organized. And then some of them are actually just devoted to the emotional blocks that tend to get people stuck. Because the more that you understand that that's a block that you're about to go into sabotage and you can stop yourself and make a better decision, the easier your life becomes and you're able to purge and let go of things that no longer serve you a lot more easily and quickly. So that will all be in show notes. So if you're out on a hike someplace, don't worry about that. Like I said, this will all be in show notes. So you'll be able to check that out and click on her website directly from mine, my website. So with that, wrapping this up to the final two questions that I ask everybody. One is out of your entire journey in life, everything that you've learned, 
What is the single best piece of advice outside of, you know, the best cat products to buy? What is the single best piece of advice that you would give someone? Choose yourself. Honestly, I think that when you start making a decision based on what is best for you, that is when you can show up and not only be the best for you, but be the best for everybody, whether you know them or not. That's when your light shines, when you choose what's best for you. Great advice. And now final question, out of everything that you believe, what is the single thing that you absolutely believe to be true? I think I'm going to go back with everything is energy because it is. And I've seen it in a spiritual manner and I've seen it in a physical manner. And, you know, I think with the clutter, it shows up spiritually. And if we don't clear it out, it shows up emotionally and mentally. And if we don't clear that out, it manifests into a physical illness or physical dysfunction in our life. And so the more that we can clear out and go for the positive energy, the better our lives are going to be and we'll get ourselves unstuck. Excellent. Well, I love all of that. And I so appreciate your time today, Allison, that you spent with us on this kickoff to spring. Give those cats a big kiss for, for myself and everybody <laughs> listening so we can send them our love today. And really, I appreciate your time very much. And I hope everybody takes to heart everything you said, because it can and will make a tremendous difference in your life. It's just making that first step. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time immensely. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. I love every opportunity I can to share my story and my message because if it gets one person to start making a love-based decision, then my life's mission is coming true and it's wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.